We start today, though, with Ken Hinckley, the Port Adelaide coach who's come into the studio for me. Kenny, uh, it's almost great to see you. Welcome back to SEN. Yeah, thanks, Jared. It's, uh, it's good to almost see you, and you're doing it <laughs> as you always do at this time of the year, over there uh, calling the, uh, the, the Super Bowl. You don't strike me as a Vegas guy. Do you think you're a Vegas guy at heart? I'm a bit of a punter, but I'm not sure I'm yeah. a Vegas guy. <laughs> Have you ever played craps? I've had them a few times. Yes, yes, that's, that's a commonly used joke. Um, how's, so the first week of February is where we meet, so we're a month away. You're just a week further away than that. How, how screwed down are things in February? Yeah, getting pretty close. I mean, we're, uh, we've been doing a lot of match play for all of January, and um, you know, we're, we're actually getting to that stage. And, and with, um, you know, with round zero and everything else going on, you don't want to be caught behind because some sides are going to be playing a little bit in front of us. And, uh, you know, we, we may get to our round one game and there'll be sides that have played two times before we've played once. So we've got to make sure we're up to that level. Is there a, an unnerving sense of mystery at this time of year? You'd have a feel for how you're going, but do you, can, can you have any sort of feel for how it fits in with what everyone else is doing? No, you can't. And that's uh, I was only having those conversations in the last week. You know, you'd, you'd love to know exactly how you're going. But you, you can sit there optimistically, and every club would be at this stage of the year, optimistic around what they're capable of and what they want to achieve. Uh, but the reality is you need some facts, and the facts will come very shortly, but we have to wait for them. Could you imagine going to a season without getting those facts, but with no formal pre-season matches, or is it absolutely essential that you, you get a little look? Oh, I think a little looks okay. I think we've been able to trim that back over the last few years, and it's to a point now where... You know, basically you're getting one and a half, one and a half looks with opposition. You know, we, we play, a, you know, the, the trial with the Crows. It'll be less than a proper game. And then we'll, we'll go full bore against Fremantle with, a, you know, a full AFL dress rehearsal and then into it. So I think that's about as tight as you could make it. Um, you know, I don't think you go much less. But I'm a bit of, a, I'm a bit of an advocate for, for more games in season than they're actually than playing the pre-season game. So I think that, that's also something to consider. So if we were going to claw back any more of the calendar, you'd prefer that we clawed it back with the real stuff? Yep, absolutely. I think we could um, potentially get another game or two in if, we, if we're, we're prepared for it. Do, do you have an idea? What's the maximum number of games you think that you could play during a home and away season? Oh, I think, I think you can get three or four more out if we start a touch earlier and, and we're prepared to go a little bit shorter on some breaks, um, you know. I try to work with the, the sums a little bit with one and a half seasons in one season, which means you play everyone twice in two seasons. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah that, that, there's, there's an inescapable logic there. I quite like that. Do you, do, do, you, do you have any feel for what that's like around the competition, whether there is a willingness to play more if you're asked to? Um, not, not really. I, I couldn't say honestly I know that, but I think the reality is we've had some most recent history with the COVID year with the shortened games and the, and the shorter breaks and we were able to get through some of that. I think if we were prepared to explore a little bit, well, I think we could certainly get a bit closer to that. When you ran the diagnosis on the end of last season, Ken, what, what did you come up with to, um, to rationalise how it ended with the straight sets exit? Yeah, look, it was, a, it was, a, it was a clearly a, a poorer finish for the year than we, we were hoping for because we went on that amazing run through the season where... You know, we won, won a lot of games in a row, a club record amount of games. But by the time we got to the finals, you know, and we drew Brisbane in Brisbane, which is, which is, which, which is a big draw, um, you know, to go against when you consider we were one point off Collingwood in a, in a late game at Adelaide Oval, which would have put us second. And Brisbane come to, come to Adelaide Oval. We played Brisbane round one at Adelaide Oval, had a convincing win. We were beaten by them up there convincingly. And that, that took the edge of us. 
we weren't physically in the best of, of shape going through, but the reality was we had to deal with the season that we had, and um, you know, that was just the challenges that we faced at the end of the year. It was, was certainly not what we were hoping for and, and expected of ourselves. We didn't perform at the level we wanted. So was it circumstance, happenstance, or do you change a little bit of planning um, knowing that you're a bit banged up at the end? You take some learnings, though. You, you need to take the learnings and you need to be prepared to make some some adjustments that we need to do uh, to make sure that when we get closer to that time of the season, we're capable of playing our best football. And, uh, you know, we, we had a youth youthful group through our midfield, which they took a lot of load. Um, the difference is, uh, you know, we have a... I feel like this this pre-season we have an absolutely fit Ollie Wines, which is a massive in for us, I think, for what we're capable of achieving with Ollie because it allows to take a little bit of the load off some of the, you know, the new captain, the new vice-captain and, and an emerging young player. So we get an opportunity to, to probably spread their load out a little bit more. We, we've got to be mindful of that. We felt like we were always chasing something last year all the way through, so we've just got to be mindful that we've got to get people there in their best shape and not just get them there. So how do you balance up a 13-game winning streak in the middle which saw such development with the disappointing end and it, as you try to work out how much change should be made? Yeah, I think we're close. I think we're in a marginal gains position ourselves as a football club. We we know that we've been, you know, a, a pretty pretty honest and pretty consistent performing side throughout this uh, last three or four years in the home and away series. But the reality is, um, we we got to win. We got to win at the end, and that's what we got to make sure we take some learnings for. But I think it's it's a marginal amount that we're chasing. I don't think we're chasing huge amounts. We've made some you know some adjustments to our list. We've improved our list. We hope and we think. Um, but the reality is, as you said earlier, we, we'll get to test that soon. soon. But those personnel changes uh, are documented. I'll ask you about those. What about style changes, Kenny? Are you are you having a play around with with adjusting some of your your core style? No, I think we're I think we're probably pretty close to the way the game's being successful at the moment. With the way we play, we play an aggressive brand of football in in probably all phases. We 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 like to get after the ball with the ball in hand. We like to go a bit bit quick and. You know, when we certainly try to get the ball back, we, we we want to put our pressure on the game instantly if we possibly can. So, And I think when we do that, people recognise our brand. I think it stands up pretty well, you know, against the best teams in the comp. Um, you know, and I think the, the competition, to me, is still exploring more offence again. I think that's the way it feels, and I think that's good for the game. So you had really clear needs, uh, having looked at what you did in the uh, in the trade period. You, you had needs down back and needs in the ruck. Do you feel like they're well addressed? Yeah, I think so. I think we've done absolutely everything we could to. Uh, Jason's done a great job of bringing in the people we needed. You know, we're bringing in two two rucks who are both trying to emerge in their own right as first rucks at, at their previous clubs, and they you know they, they had some significant challenges. Tim English is a pretty pretty good ruckman to try and get past, and you know Toby Nankervis at Richmond as their captain is also. A battle for, uh, for for a van, and then we, you know, we, it, it was clear to us that we needed a little bit more size down back to try and help and support Alia, and we're asking him to do probably too much. With that in mind, we had TJ who were, who was retiring and coming to the end. We had an injured uh, Trent McKenzie a fair bit through the season, so we were we were not not only down with a bit of size, but we were down with personnel available for us. So. We've certainly made a um, you know conscious decision, and we had made that decision a couple of years ago, as was clear when we tried to bring Asava to the club 12 months earlier. So we're really optimistic around what Asava and Brandon can certainly bring down back. How how hot's the competition between Soldo and Sweet to be the first ruck? 
Yeah, I think it's not only in them, it's, it's Dante Byzantini as well, who's a, an emerging young ruck who played games for us last year. So it's, it's actually a really interesting space to watch the three rucks going at it at the moment. You can see that um, they all believe and they all think that they've got a great opportunity to take that mantle, and, and that's always healthy for a coach. You love seeing that. Uh, how close are you to deciding? Uh, no, we, we, we'll, we'll let it run its course. We'll give them an opportunity. We'll let, the, we'll let them fiercely compete for a little bit longer and see what happens. And, um, you know, and I think through the season, which we've seen last year, where Scott did a great job for us manfully last year trying to, trying to get through the season. And, um, you know, the reality is we know it's a, a brutal position to play. You need more than one available, and that's what we'll have on our, on our hands this year, we hope. Is there... Is there any combination that could two of those three play for you week to week? Where are you in uh, the philosophy around rucks and then the practicalities of the bodies that you've got? Yeah, we're exploring. We, we, we'll explore that a little bit more. I mean, because um, I think both Avan and, uh, and Dante certainly have played a little bit of forward football before and, and they can actually go there and have an impact. So it just depends on, on the balance of the side. You know, if we play three tall forwards, we probably don't play two rucks. But if we're only two tall forwards, we, we, we potentially... And I think that's some of the stuff that we learned through last year. As you said earlier, we, we need to explore with what that looks like so when we get to a pointy part of the season that we've got all those options available. What do you think the combination of Alir and Asava might look like down back? Threatening. Yep. Threatening, I'd hope, and that's what we'd, we would hope. And, you know, it's when you've got, um, you know, you've got one intercept player who can really... Uh, intercept the ball in a leer the way, the way he's done it for us in his time and then you add another one in there as well and you know and potentially putting a Brandon at, at, at behind them as well it, it certainly allows you to be pretty hard to pass in the air and that doesn't mean you're going to be you know some teams always run the risk if you've got too many tall defenders versus not enough smalls on the ground so we've got to we've got to balance that up but you know I think we've got much much better flexibility with what we can do. Connor Rosie, so the, the long-term commitment and the captaincy. So maybe the captaincy first. What, what have you seen in him since he formally assumed the leadership? Yeah, he's, he's just, he's feeling his way a little bit. He's, uh, you know, he's obviously a youngish captain, and, um, but he's a very mature young, he's just turned 24 in January, so he's a very mature 24-year-old. He's, you know, he's, he's engaged, he's having a baby, him and his, and his partner Maisie. So he's, he's, he's quite a mature young person and, um, you know, he's ready for the opportunity to lead his club. He was very, very comfortable with the, um, with the chance that, that we presented to him to be able to, to be the leader. But he also knows he's got a lot to learn, but he's got great people supporting him and, uh, you know, with, with Ollie and Trav particularly around and Darcy around to help and support him through uh, some of the challenges of being a first-time captain. I think history will show that, you know, you, you tend to get your your best captains at that younger age and you bring them through with, with the team and, you, and he emerges with the team. So we don't expect Connor to be the best captain in the AFL. We take it if he is, but we, we do expect him to grow in the position. How do you nurture that, Kenny? Oh, you, you just help and you guide and you, and you, you, you make sure he's really clear on, on some expectations and then so you're also mindful of the load and you, you make sure he doesn't take on all the load because as a young person, I think you you're optimistically think you can do everything. And um, I think the challenge with that is for us to make sure we guide him through what we need him to do and, and what's important for, for the team and him. And married up with that, how significant to sign, what was it, an eight-year contract? Is, um, that, it's an extreme commitment, isn't it? That, that's the lifetime commitment, really. Yeah, and I think that was clear for, for, for Connor and, and clearly for us was, was a no-brainer in, in lots of ways. He's a... You know, he's a really talented footballer first and foremost. So he's, he, you know, he's going to be um, a very, very good player in the competition for that period of time, no doubt. 
Um, and, and the reality is he's a South Australian boy. He knows where, he's, where he wants to be and, he, and he's really comfortable with. And, and with those decisions with free agency and everything that comes about now, you either take them past free agency or you, you land on free agency. When you have a commitment from both sides to go past free agency, it's pretty simple. Yeah, and powerful as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's a great, it's a great signal to the rest of the, to, to not only to our players and to our some members, but to the rest of the competition. He he thinks we're a good footy club. Zach Butters through to the end of 2026. What what, what comes next for Zach, given the level that he established for himself last year? Well, he needs to continue to improve, and I and, and I know the way he's driven to to improve himself. He's certainly not happy with with um, his his performance. He's he's emerging very quickly but he's, he's, he's a player who thinks he can be better than he's already delivered and that's going to be hard for him to do so he works really hard he's, he's as ferocious a trainer as you'll, you could wish to see I mean I, having had history in the game for a long period of time I've seen a lot of really really good players and at the levels that they perform at and train at he, he certainly goes to those levels so I think um, you know there's still more to come from Zach Butters and we expect and, and we, we need probably more to come from Zach and Todd Marshall, how close is he to signing, Ken? Yeah, look, Todd Todd loves at the footy club, loves being at our footy club. I, I would be staggered if he doesn't remain at our football club, which I'm, I'm, I'm sure that won't be the case. But I, I would imagine, um, knowing Todd, that he's not the sort of person who likes much spotlight. So I'd imagine he'd want that done pretty soon and, um, and get it out of the way. Optimistically, I'd, I'd love it done before the start of the year. But Todd's got every right with his management to make take his time. For your circumstance, can we all know what it was like coming into last year, at least from the outside? Is it different um, with, well, the notional security of starting a contract rather than finishing a contract? That's the only difference, isn't it? It's, uh, it's, it's very little different. I mean, for me, and, you know, I, I talk about all, the, the pressure of being an AFL coach is there every day, regardless of your contract status, because we do see over the period of time in history that whether you are or you're not in contract doesn't change some outcomes at times. And all you can do is absolutely lock into your best. I do that every year to make sure I give the best of myself to the, to the football club and to, you know, to my family first and foremost, but then to the football club. And you go, well, I'll do that as well as I can and let everything else take care of itself. And at some point in time, um, there they'll, they'll, will be a change of direction for me at some point, but I'm more than comfortable that I'll do my best. And uh, as a footy club, we're in a really healthy position. The... Um, do, do you ever get used to it? Do, do you get... Uh, so we were talking about this. Is Obviously, Craig McRae spoke to the commission. Alistair Nicholson joined me the other day. Is it, some of it is an unnatural way to live with the, the scrutiny and the pressure. Do, do you feel like you get used to it? Or, um, or it, can, it will always be unnatural in a way? You, do, you, you get used to it. Is, I'm, not, I'm not sure if the word used to it is exactly the right word. You, you, get to, you learn to live with it. And I think um, the reality for me is um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me um, like it once perhaps did you know, if I go back three, four, five years ago, whereas now I go, you know what, the industry I'm in is, is, is a great industry. It has lots of information. Around, it has lots of talkback that goes on in it. I have to accept that it, I'm a part of that talkback because I want to be in that industry. And now I can just go about and do, as I said earlier, do what I can do best and then let, let the narrative go on. As I said, um, lots of comments get made. Lots of things get said. The reality is they're almost a day-by-day comment. How much does it burn for you, Ken, now? Is you're a long way into this senior job with Port Adelaide and you've committed over and over and over. How much does it burn to you to, to get that ultimate prize, which has always been the quest? I think it's, it's undeniably um, it, it's, it's the biggest driver that anyone can possibly have. And for me, it's, 
it continues to burn and burn burn bright and um, I'm not going to give up on it I'm going to keep fighting for it and um, ultimately um, you know you keep at things I think eventually um, you, you, you've got to get get an opportunity and for us as a footy club I think we've showed a willingness to keep turning back up we are in a you know in a, in a, a market that's quite intense um, in Adelaide but but we all also understand the passion of what that is and, and we just want to provide the opportunity for everyone that's involved with the Port Adelaide Football Club to, to have that feeling again in this year being the 20th year anniversary for the, for the 2004 side. We'd love to be able to um, um, share, that, share that joy and that feeling and I would certainly with, with the group that are, that are coming through this year in the 20th year reunion. Yeah, so the optimism which always holds at this time of year, do, do you feel it's justifiable? Do you feel this... this team is well enough equipped to give it a good shake you you would expect me to say 100 percent yes and that's what i sh- and, and i do truly believe that because if i stop believing that that's when i shouldn't be sitting here and, and talking to you about being the coach of port adelaide because i believe that it's good that you're still the coach of port adelaide kenny thanks for stopping by good luck for the next month and we'll uh, we'll see as it all begins get on your g stay safe <laughs> Good on you. Ken Hinckley with us at the start of the program. one three hundred seven three six seven three six and 433 to have your say this, uh, what day is it? This Thursday morning in Melbourne. It's Wednesday afternoon in Vegas.